Shin. Shin. Standing by. Complete. Greetings, heroes of the internet. I'm Travis. And I'm Nathan. And we are the Henshin Men, a podcast that celebrates Japanese superheroes and their high-flying and high-kicking adventures. In this installment, we will be discussing Kamen Rider, episodes 5 and 6. Episode 5, Monster Mantis Man, Kaijin Kamakiri Otoko. Seismologist Chikuko Ameyama is working at the Earthquake Research Society when she is kidnapped by Mantis Man. A series of strange earthquakes occur, and Takeshi Hongo learns he must stop the Shocker Organization's newest plan to produce a massively destructive earthquake. So, Nathan... We've got nuclear weapons, <laughs> but no nuclear vessels. <laughs> no, no, no nuclear vessels. Nuclear weapons. Uh, yeah. So, um, well, yeah. Shocker is using nuclear weapons to create earthquakes. The fiends. <laughs> so, I mean, that's like that's. I think that has to be. You know, this is a Japanese show. That has to be two of the most terrifying things you can think of as a as a Japanese person. Nuclear weapons and earthquakes. <laughs> Nuclear weapons, earthquakes, and Nazi uh, spinoff organizations. Um, oh my god! For the kids. So Hydra. I'm just. Yeah, yeah. Shocker is is Hydra. Um, their their symbol is an eagle and not not a big squid skull thing. Um, but yeah, which is not a Hydra anyway. By the way, <laughs> uh, hashtag Hell Shocker. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, um, this this episode is probably my favorite of the ones we have watched so far i really really like this episode what do you love so much about it um i really like i like well one i like the mantis man uh i think that mantis man is pretty impressive Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Mantis Man is pretty impressive. I like the character. I like the design. I think it's really cool how Hongo has to save his friend, but he's too late. She's already been kidnapped and, uh, spoiler alert, brainwashed uh, by Shocker. <laughs> it's a lot like the last episode we had. <laughs> well, no, it's two yeah. episodes ago now. <laughs> yeah and uh and and i like you know the fact they actually caught uh takeshi in a trap and actually had him like stuck in a hole with a bomb that's going to go off and he did not know how he was going to get out and so he can't he can't jump high enough to spin around and uh and and uh flip and stuff to get the turbine to spin so it's like how is he going to transform into into the common rider <laughs> well the, the wind from the bomb of course 
Because <laughs> this is when we find out that you could do other things besides use the motorcycle to do it. Yeah. Now that scene, and I I don't want to get into it too much because I'm sure we're gonna uh, we'll talk about it when we get to uh, the the uh, our awards. But this is the first time you don't get a transformation scene on the motorcycle. Mm. You uh he he you know he's not on the motorcycle when he transforms. He's in the hole. And what did you think of that scene? That slow motion kind of weird roto that's no, not rotoscope it's just kind of like slow motion kind of um fade uh transformation that he does oh when uh when you see him without the helmet and then it uh it comes on as the transformation continues no 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 because when he's in that hole and it explodes everything goes black oh yeah yeah that was yeah i know what you mean now yeah that that was actually pretty cool i thought yeah because it's, <laughs> it's, it's really great because mm-hmm. again, we're seeing him be able to do different things with the transformation, use things in his environment to his advantage. You know, this is the one of those moments where the villains think that they've got the hero uh, uh, cornered, and then, although admittedly it's a little bit by accident, <laughs> the hero yeah. uses what they're trying to do against them, and then he so the bomb goes off. It spins the turbine, he transforms and he just jumps out and then he's like, aha, it didn't work. <laughs> yeah. Surprised me too. <laughs> <laughs> I totally planned this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that, that just, that moment of him being trapped in the hole was a very tense moment. I really, really liked that, the tension that they had there. Um, Cause I mean, you know, it is one of those things of like, we know, He's going to get out. He's the hero. But it was still kind of tense because you're like, how? How is he going to transform? How is he mm-hmm. going to get out? If you don't, if you haven't seen this before and you're watching this for the first time, it is kind of like, oh, how is this going to happen? How is he going to get out? Mm-hmm. It's not a question of will he get out? It's a question of how will he get out? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, We get more of the side characters in this. Uh you get you get Ruriko, you get Tobe, uh, Tachibana, and then you you get the and I can't remember his name, but he's the basically bartender at the snack bar that that Tobe also owns. <laughs> mm-hmm. His name's like Shizo Shin, Shinzo something. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I think I put down in my notes that it's the uh, proto. It's the. It's called the Amigo, right? <laughs> it's the prototypical oh, yeah, the juice bar. Yeah, it's the prototypical yeah. juice bar from Power Rangers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It's. It's the. It's a snack bar that they all hang out at and and everything. But but it's but unlike the juice bar, this one's owned by one of the people who's actually involved in the in the. Uh, in the common writer, you know, team, uh, there was a line that they mentioned, uh, in this, that I wanted to know if you picked up on. So while they're at the Amigo bar, the, the, the a snack bar, uh, they're talking about the earthquakes and, uh, whatever the other guy's name is, Shinzo, Shizo, whatever his name is. He says, well, now we know that, uh, earthquakes are not caused by catfish and then they all laugh and then walk away did you pick up on that 
I unfortunately did not. So you'll have to educate me on this. Okay. Well, uh, so they do, they mention it in this episode and it just kind of is a throwaway line. And that's because anybody who is a Japanese person or knows anything about Japanese kind of folklore and history uh, would already would get that. So they, you don't need to explain it, but for us watching it, it's like, why would he just say well, now we know that earthquakes are not caused by catfish. Ha 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 ha. Anyway, um, it sounds very, yeah. <laughs> sounds very random and very odd, but uh, Japanese folklore has a thing called onomazu, uh, which are giant catfish that live underground uh, in underground rivers. And when they bump into the sides of the, of the underground tunnels, they cause earthquakes. And that was a part of Japanese folklore. Um, this uh they onamazu also became a symbol of the kind of impoverished and the lower class people in mm. uh in japan kind of became a a like a, a symbol for them to get behind because in uh in edo in the edo period there was an earthquake just really massive earthquake that hit and it destroyed a lot of buildings. Now, most of the buildings and homes that got destroyed were on the kind of upper class side of the city, not the lower class side of the city. And so a lot of the upper class people viewed the uh, earthquake as this awful thing, whereas the lower class felt like it was the great equalizer. It kind of brought all of the rich people who were mistreating the poor down to their level. And so they mm. put, uh, they started using onamazu, these giant catfish, as uh, you know, in in like advertisements and in in um, on posters and stuff as symbols for the lower class kind of overcoming the boot of the of the upper class people. Mm. Um, so yeah, so a little bit of a Japanese kind of cultural history, historical lesson there from a very white guy, um, but who just <laughs> hey, knows I a little bit. Sort of I do this sort of stuff all the time on my show. So <laughs> yeah, but, but I just wanted to kind of throw that out there because that is such a random line that if you don't know what they're talking about, it is like, what, what are they talking about? What? <laughs> What did you think of the lever that controls the bombs being inside of a giant egg? Because <laughs> <laughs> they made that the the MacGuffin there for a while. <laughs> you know, it's a, the mantis Man egg, and then it's the mantis what egg. is mantis egg? A euphemism for nuclear bomb? <laughs> and it was just... Yeah, yeah. It's like mantis egg. What is mantis egg? Oh, it's the big white thing that's sitting on the table, and when you crack it open, there's the lever that you have to pull to stop the bomb. <laughs> it's such a weird, I don't, weird I don't thing. Know why it, I don't know why it's there, but I'll go with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's such a it's such a great that almost made my wth award this week because that was a that was a kind of a wth moment but but not quite i i still i put something else down but that was a, a wth moment um when they rescue chikiko and she doesn't remember who she is that is an intense moment and an intense scene. It is. And I wish they had done a little bit more with it. 
<laughs> yeah. Because that was I an mean, little plot thread, and then they just kind of drop it. <laughs> yeah, but also, I mean, she, like, the early on, they, you know, she's the one who threw him, you know, knocked him into the hole that he nearly died in and all this stuff. So, like, you definitely are mm-hmm. getting the sense of, and, and one of the things that I like about that moment is there is kind of a question, like, you, you in the acting that that Takeshi's actor the, the actor does for Takeshi there's a moment of oh is it too late is it too late to save this this person that I love or not mm-hmm. love but like care about yeah she's an old friend right yeah and uh and that's that's kind of uh that's really really interesting to me that there is this kind of moment but then then when she you know when she escapes uh, with the mantis man and everything and then he puts the tracker on her so that they can follow he can follow them to the to the base of operations that was really good mm-hmm. yeah uh one of the moments that i actually really liked was the this was the episode where i realized that hongo can actually hold his own pretty well without being transformed which is probably good yeah. because his uh transformation ability is a, a little limited so <laughs> yeah and he does yeah. while wearing a really dapper suit i might add that is his standard his civilian fare is a nice suit and tie <laughs> yeah nice double-breasted suit uh uh like um blazer and and stuff it's really nice it's a really nice outfit and the most mm-hmm. 70s hair you can imagine. <laughs> yeah, this this is a this is very, very 70s. You could tell it's the 70s. It's it's almost like the show just likes to come and say, did you know it's the 70s? Uh, can I remind you that it's the 70s? It's the 70s. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and yeah. actually, this is something I probably should have mentioned earlier the you know in our previous episodes but and this was actually something that was brought up on a recent episode of the film vault which is the whole reason that we have a motorcycle riding superhero and this is because motorcycles were becoming very popular at this time in japan because Mm -hmm. of all of the urban congestion so people were trying to find transportation that was easier to you to get through traffic and was easier on gas and also was just fun i mean it's motorcycles <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. So, i love motorcycles that was, so it was a big reason that you were seeing this and i would even say to uh, you know it's probably also why a very well-known american superhero who rides a motorcycle showed up a year later after common rider that being ghost rider <laughs> johnny blaze yeah. you know yeah and also the popularity of uh motorcycle stunt shows like evil knievel and all of that it was this explosion of motorcycle popularity yeah yeah definitely and and motorcycles are still more of a thing in in japan especially in the cities than they are here you know like motorcycles are a luxury thing here whereas over there motorcycles are not quite as much of a luxury as they are uh, a lot of people do treat them as necessities because it's like, well, yeah, there is so much congestion. You need a smaller thing that can can get you from uh, point A to point B a lot easier. So mopeds and and uh, and motorcycles and stuff are more of a necessity in Japan, mm-hmm. in, in the cities mm-hmm. in, in Japan. 
But now I I do have a couple of questions that are it's kind of related to that a little bit, which is can Hongo choose not to transform when the belt turbine spins fast enough? Or does it just well, happen? He can't do anything about it. I mean, in in these early episodes, it feels like he he has to kind of choose when to use because he's riding his motorcycle and stuff as Hongo and not transforming. So, mm-hmm. uh, but definitely later on, he has to actually do something to transform once that's been charged up. Mm-hmm. And then, which brings me to another question: is which is how come the thing? How come that belt is only? visible when he needs to transform so apparently he's always wearing it but nobody sees it until he has to transform (laughs) yeah that's one of those you just kind of have to go with it um Mm -hmm. there now in in later in later uh common writer series the belt does appear or like form on them so like they're like you do see that it's that it actually just pops into existence on their thing it's not like it's not like it's just it's not explained like they do explain it uh in later ones but in this series it's just one of those things of like yeah the belt wasn't there but it kind of was there and we're just going to pretend like it was always there (laughs) at least in ultraman z they just you know they to explain why nobody sees (laughs) haruki's ultra fanny pack (laughs) they just say oh yeah nobody else it (laughs) only you and only you (laughs) yeah i just have one more thing i want to bring up which is you know that (laughs) shocker is creepy and evil because their elevator buttons look like eyeballs (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i don't know why they look like eyeballs but they look like eyeballs sometimes i think shocker just does things to be well shocking <laughs> they're just like we're just gonna be creepy because we like being creepy <laughs> uh and with that we're moving on to the next episode episode six grim reaper chameleon shinigami chameleon Former Navy Lieutenant Commander Tsunada is attacked by the Grim Reaper Chameleon. His aim is a submarine model in Tsunada's possession that has secrets relating to a Nazi treasure concealed inside. So, Nathan, Nazis. <laughs> Nazis. <laughs> Nazis. More Nazis. Uh, <laughs> Nazis. Very, very, very obviously Nazis. Uh, they say Nazis a lot in this episode. Uh, they say swastika a lot Nazi, in this episode. Nazi. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's um. Uh, well, we can't. Is... We can't put this podcast on YouTube now because we will definitely get demonetized. <laughs> <laughs> but it's hard. How can you not? How can you not talk about this episode and not bring it up? I just, wow. I mean, we're, we're going to get to eventually get to a common writer series where starfish Hitler exists. So be prepared for that. (laughs) Starfish Hitler. (laughs) One of the most surreal monsters in all of Tokusatsu quite possibly, but, oh man, but, mm. (laughs) 
yeah, this is this is an episode. This might even be a concept. I'm not sure a lot of people would have the guts to do now because they make no qualms connecting Imperial Japan to Nazi Germany in this. And there was a lot of stuff that did that back in the 60s and the 70s. Frankenstein conquers the world, most notably. Very directly connects Imperial Japan in World War II to Nazi Germany. And the fact that this is another story that is dealing with someone who was part of Imperial Japan during the war and knew things and had things, and now other people years later wanted you know it's atragon you know we we had talked a little mm-hmm. bit about atragon before going on the air and the, so it's a similar sort of thing although unfortunately sorry listeners this is a two-parter <laughs> so yeah, i don't know so- quite what's gonna ha- what quite how the rest of the story pans out yet and this is as far as i've watched so far <laughs> so this is so, this is the first time that we've had a two-parter uh, um, in Common Rider, which is a thing that does come back over and over again in future episodes that we're going to be covering and also in future series. Uh, the There's a, f- a bunch of the Common Rider series like to do cliffhangers and split, you know, into two-parters a lot so this is this is a trend that continues unfortunately (laughs) (laughs) not unfortunate for you i actually kind of like multi-parters they can be pretty fun if they're done right well now my favorite and we had we didn't even talk about this uh in our in our intro episode but my favorite common writer series which is common writer w or common writer double the 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 theme of double is in that show through and through. And part of the fact that the, the theme of that show is double is each episode is a two-parter. It's, it is, it is, uh, ah. it is two halves and they're, and they're designed to be two halves. Even the titles are designed to be two parts of the same title. Like, you know, it, it is, it is such a, it, it's it's a really it's really interesting how they built that theme into every aspect of the show. Mm, mm-hmm, yeah, constant two parters actually make sense for something like that. I know enough about Common Writer W to know that it's in that one it's two people who become the writer. So yes, two people sense. that merge into one writer, which is uh yeah, uh so yeah it's 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 very interesting. Uh, so you get you definitely get more two parter. Uh, episodes as we move on but this is the first one i okay as much as there is nazi stuff in this episode and uh, and apparently they uh they nazis in this universe love branding everything so (laughs) yeah oh oh the nazis really did that like come on come on the real life nazis did that they put their logo on everything i'm just thinking of how uh, hydra would brand everything it's like how does nobody not figure out that the super secret organization hydra is not around you know (laughs) oh yeah yeah shield shield is supposed to be a secret organization of spies but yet their logo is on everything (laughs) and yes i did intentionally use the word logo when i was talking about uh the nazis because uh, that was not a that was not undermining it that was a that was intentional (laughs) um but no, uh, th- even though there's so much Nazi stuff in this episode, which is such a weird thing to say, uh, 
it's actually really fun. I actually really like this episode. <laughs> it, it is actually pretty intriguing. It's it's almost Indiana Jones esque in a way, where because they're trying to find this Nazi treasure. I'm sure I've. Oh, I'm trying to remember what it is. I know I've seen or read a story that was all about trying to find lost Nazi gold. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> stuff like yeah. that. Some treasure oh, trove yeah. that was stockpiled by by Nazi Germany during World War II, and they're trying to find it now. It's stuff like that. So it makes sense. And it, apparently, whatever this is, it's a big deal. Again, I haven't seen part two, so I don't know what the big deal is. I just know... That whatever this Nazi secret is, it's a big deal and apparently allows them to control the world economy. Yeah. So there's a there's a a box that was buried and it doesn't have a lid, even though clearly you can see the lid (laughs) (laughs) and the hinges for the lid. and my first thought was when Hongo was looking, I was like, oh, it doesn't have a lid. I'm like, dude, you're super strong. Just rip the top off. <laughs> okay, to be fair, like these guys obviously, like like in the last episode, they were using nuclear weapons to do stuff. So it's like, so I don't blame him not just for not just ripping it open. Because like, what if it's plutonium or something like that? <laughs> True. Uh, actually, that would be a really great twist and tap into some real history because Nazi yep. Germany actually trying to do research on nuclear weapons and the allies beat them to it. So, and you know, you've seen city on the edge of forever. We know what happens if the Nazis get the bomb first. <laughs> yep. I've also Star seen Trek the man in the high castle. <laughs> yes, that as well. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. And uh, you want to know to continuing how, you know, this show is now going out of its way to tell you shocker is evil. Did you know shocker is evil? By the way, shocker is evil <laughs> because Nazis <laughs> word of the day is Nazi. And so uh, you look, I'd rather you know, it not be, I'd rather it not be the word of the day. <laughs> but yeah, but it's we just one of those Nazis things where it goes, ah! yeah, well, you know, there, there was a, a little bit of a joke that I remember hearing when I was in college where they said that there are only a couple of villain archetypes where you don't have to explain why they're evil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and two of them were vampires, which we've already had vampires on this show, and Nazis. You don't have to th- you just say, oh, my villain's a Nazi. You know, people just like, okay, I know why he's evil. You don't have to explain anything beyond that. And yeah, so yeah. It's also... Right. And it also explains why so many uh, movies, sci- even sci-fi movies and shows and stuff kind of take place in World War Two uh, and mm-hmm. instead of like World War One or in other, you know, during other wars. And it's because really World War Two was kind of the last time where we had a clearly these are the bad guys and no yeah. one really agrees with their way of doing things so mm-hmm. there we can villainize them as much as we want whereas you get into mm-hmm. a lot of you get into some very questionable territory when you start getting to into setting in other during other world events and other wars where you start villainizing mm-hmm. the opposite side because it's like uh no cuz they weren't we weren't completely innocent and they weren't completely evil um, but that, so yeah, yeah it, it kind of explains why so much pop culture does spend a lot of time in world war two. 
Well, that and let's be honest, Hitler was a supervillain. But uh, <laughs> speaking yeah. of supervillains, yeah. uh, you know, you also the shocker is evil because they're brilliant scientists who are going to figure out what common writers kryptonite is. They dress like monks and it's a little freaky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was cool though that was cool i liked it i liked it was it. cool but it was freaky at the same yeah time. <laughs> there's so much about shocker that it's just such a like this is everything that's evil and twisted and bad you're just gonna throw it all <laughs> yeah <laughs> and now and now i have to ask you this because they do a pretty good job of trying to hide it so if he was played by a japanese guy I, you know they hit it well and that was dr heinrich who shows up at the end of the episode. I he's supposed to be German. I paid attention to him and he it looks pretty obvious to me that he was speaking in a language other than Japanese and they dubbed over him. Do you have any yes. idea cuz he was wearing sunglasses so I couldn't tell. Was he actually the a westerner? He is he is a white guy. Now where he's from I don't know. I don't know where the actor is from originally, but he was a white guy and he was speaking uh, English and was being dubbed over. Oh, okay. That actually makes sense. So I, I got it right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. you know what? Another, uh, another thing I really liked about this episode, the swashbuckling action. We get a, a nice variation on what we've seen so far. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the action is such, so good. And this, this episode, I think is where the action kind of steps up a bit. Like we've, you know, we've kind of had kind of a similar action style and then this one kind of steps it up. And I really like that. The, the, yeah. you know, adventure kind of, like you said, Indiana Jones, it really has a, it has a lot a very Indiana Jones also has, I don't know if you ever saw it, but the 1010 movie, that um that um peter jackson did yes it has a very much uh very much a a feel like that and and i like that movie a lot of people didn't like it i like that movie Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah so now we've got common rider fighting goons with swords and getting the sword fights with things and by the way you know they made a change and you'll have to let me know because i haven't watched uh past this yet now the the shocker goons don't have crazy pro wrestler makeup. They they're wearing masks. Is that the thing from here on out for them? Uh, I think I think the face paint comes back if I remember right. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure the face paint comes back. I think it, because if you notice in uh, all of the goons in each episode, they have a patch on them that is the symbol for the general that they're working under. So, ah. uh, you know, like in the last episode, uh, the last, not last episode, but the, the, during the scorpion man episode, it was a scorpion mm -hmm. during, uh, this one, it's a chameleon. Uh, you can actually see the chameleon shape on him. So, uh, so yeah, they, so I think it's, it's, they're adding a little uniqueness to him, but I, I'm pretty sure the face paint comes back. Oh, okay. I was just wondering, cause I noticed that now they're wearing masks. Masks. Yeah. So um i'm just gonna throw this out there it's just a funny little thing that that i uh i know from doing research on these sorts of things but there is a point in the episode where the chameleon gets angry when hongo bursts into uh, not as common but he just it's hongo and he bursts in to halt the evil plan that the chameleon man is doing and the chameleon man that resp uh, responds to him jumping in by saying Kisama, and it gets subtitled as you with an ellipses. Mm -hmm. That's not what he said. <laughs> no. No. It, uh, Kisama is actually a Japanese insult. 
Uh, it literally, the literal tra- the literal translation is actually really funny. <laughs> the literal translation is Lord of the Donkeys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's funny, but it usually doesn't get subtitled that way. <laughs> yeah. It, he, he called him a jackass. <laughs> uh, <pretty impolite>. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh yeah um i don't know who subtitles probably shout factory but that's like yeah you're being a a little nice there uh shout factory yeah sure but <laughs> but th- i know these things unfortunately because i've researched japanese yeah. insult <laughs> i i do want to talk a little bit about the chameleon man because this is my favorite villain so far. Um, I, I don't think I've said that in a previous episode, but this one is, I like that he can turn invisible. And that's his thing. Uh, yeah, that's why he's yeah. the grim reaper. He's invisible. Nobody can see him and he can just sneak up on people. And I actually, uh, let me double check to see if, uh, what one of his lines actually made my award this week. No, it didn't. One of the contenders for, my Kamenacho award the, uh, for this episode was when he uh, he said that uh, something like you know it's like I am death or something like that to, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> in his first scene when he was going after Sunada. Yeah, and, and just and they one of the, it's one of those effects that they did pretty well. Like even on a low budget, they did that effect pretty well. Um, the him coming out of the shadows and and kind of you know disappearing and everything and reappearing they did pretty well in in for such a low budget show from 1971 uh and but but he turns invisible the one giveaway though is the dual shadows mm-hmm which is very interesting and very doctor who uh new who it is uh, very doctor who <laughs> so i thought that was kind of kind of cool because you get the the what was it the vashta narada <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man oh that was silence in the library right Ooh, yep silence in the library oh, that, was, <laughs> oh, that was a terrifying episode oh, oh yeah man. a lot but, of those episodes are <laughs> yeah but <laughs> although i gotta say there was one little, unf- as good as the, you know, as the costume for the chameleon man looked, there was one that w- unfortunate part <laughs> because the eyes on the thing don't move. And there is a scene where the chameleon man's looking through binoculars to spy on Hongo. And I'm like, your eyes aren't actually looking through the binoculars. Man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's so, it's so funny. It's so funny. Oh it's, man, it's funny, but I'm just like, okay, I'm just gonna go with it because, yeah. <laughs> but it might honestly be the best look, best looking suit that they've had so far. And again, continues to make me ask the question: How literally do I take this? <laughs> yeah. Although it seems to be leaning more in the you have you take this literally this is not a uh, and this is not supposed to be a costume in in real life it's a costume but it's not supposed to be a costume right yeah yeah as as again as time goes on you'll see more of the more of it's supposed to be they're actually mutated uh people um <laughs> which is which is so why i think it's so weird because they they use the word kaijin 
in this uh in the show to refer to the 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 monsters that he fights but in the subtitles that we're watching on Tubi they translate that as cyborg now i know like like Takeshi and and Common Rider he is a cyborg i don't think these monsters are supposed to be cyborgs because kaijin no. is not translated cyborg <laughs> in japanese like that's not what cyborg is. there is a word for cyborg and it's not kaijin yeah i know it's it's weird but it's it's probably one of those things where it's difficult to translate kaijin you know in a way that would make sense like kaiju actually gets translated as just monster usually and right. you know so there's some nuance to the language because the, the Japanese language is like that. It has a lot of nuance to it. So, you know, translating it into English is a little bit of a challenge because the, you have to understand the context and other things with how the right. words are being used in order to translate them better. Right. And, and the word kaiju in Japanese, uh, kaiju, is um, is strange beast. It's used for for monsters, um, usually mindless monsters, usually monsters that are destructive and very animalistic. So you think of like Godzilla, you think of all the ones that Godzilla fights and things like that. Um, uh, the monsters Kai that Ultraman fights. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Whereas kaijin, um, it it means uh monster man i think is how it's usually translated and mm -hmm. it's essentially what how how they describe mutated men or man-like monsters who have you know who are either started as human and are mutated into monsters or monsters that are human enough to where they have like personalities they can speak they can do things like that um so that's why kaijin is used in this series whereas kaiju is used for monsters like godzilla a lot of people think kaiju means giant monster and in uh, in america because we've kind of adopted the word to mean that yes it does but in japanese that is not what it means it just means monster so yeah. they they use it for yeah, a lot of things but dai kaiju is what you need for giant monster right dai dai kaiju um yeah but but kaijin they use it specifically in this series and in series like this and super sentai and stuff because those monsters are mutated men uh so the that's why they're called kaijin uh, but it, mm -hmm. it it is just one of those things of like yeah they call them cyborgs whatever i don't you know it doesn't matter it doesn't matter they're the bad guys that's all that matters <laughs> yeah that's all that matters they're the bad guys <laughs> all right well we're, uh, we're going a little long for time so uh let's just move on to our awards yeah so we're going to start off with our henshin kick award which is our best stunt from the episode so what is your hinge and kick award the i went with the rider kick in episode five because at this point you know it's his finishing move because i wasn't that the first one where he used it and the the opponent exploded <laughs> yeah because i think there was the previous ones had dissolved bad. or whatever yeah yeah but this one it's like yep now now it is definitively the finishing move like if he was a pro wrestler this is now his signature move <laughs> yes, this is how he yes. ends the match right a kick um my henshin kick award goes to a very specific scene 
Now, I replayed this scene a couple of times when I was watching it because this is a really cool scene, but it's one of those blink and you miss it. But there's a scene in the the uh, Mantis layer where Takeshi, as Common Rider, goes to jump down the stairs because there's a flight. There's like a little, you know, not really, just like mm-hmm. like six steps there, not a bunch of steps, but just like six steps there. Uh, but he flips over the set of stairs and lands and then starts to fight off the goons and stuff and the mantis man and that there are no cuts like in other other points where he flips you'll see him like jump and then it cuts to a scene of him flipping and then it cuts to him landing this scene this fight scene is done all in one shot there's no cuts in it so when he is fighting off and punching and kicking all the guys on the top of the stairs and then suddenly does a somersault off those stairs off the top of the stairs to the bottom stairs and then kicks and punches the guys at the bottom of the stairs that is all done in one shot as one stunt and it is really cool yeah i would agree all right and then we have the talking toku award for the best special effect what do you got travis so my uh, talking Toku, my best best special effects is the transforming effect that is in the Mantis one. Now we talked about it a little bit, um, but when Takeshi is stuck in the hole and the Mantis Man lowers the bomb and he doesn't know how he's going to transform, and then the bomb goes off and the whole scene goes black, and you just have Takeshi there, and he's kind of like slow motion moving it's not really slow motion because it's like still shots bleeding into the next but then he you know Mm -hmm. slowly transforms and it looks so stylized and looks so much like a a comic book or or you know some an anime even it's such a stylized Mm -hmm. way of transforming that i really really like it it really stood out to me Mm-hmm. Uh, mine is pretty simple and we've talked about it already it's the chameleon man suit because it it's one of the, it's probably the best looking monster suit that they've had so far on the show yeah definitely other um, than the fact that the eyes move <laughs> yeah yeah um getting into our next award the common award which is our best line of dialogue award so what's your best line of dialogue from these I've been waiting for some action movie one-liners in this show, and I got a pretty good one here from episode five from Hongo as KR. He says, those who rob others of their freedom and threaten the peace must pay. Yeah, <laughs> as he such comes a in great... and eating uh, 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 you know, one of these shocker bases. <laughs> yeah, such a great action one-liner. It's really good. Uh, my favorite line, my Kamenacha award goes to in the same episode, but at the end where he gives the speech at the end where he says, I am no longer little Takeshi, the neighborhood boy you knew. I'm not the grown-up Takeshi Hongo either. I'm a cyborg first forced into battle with shocker that may never end. I am common rider. Uh, this is the first time that Takeshi would like, and, and we talked about it in a previous episode, but that was that that was the first time a character referred to him as common writer outside of the narrator. This is the first time that Takeshi mm-hmm. refers to himself as common writer. He has fully accepted the role of common writer. Yeah. It's always great to see a superhero when they get to that moment where they're like, yes, I am 
Spider-Man, you know, like at the end of the first yeah. Spider-Man movie, he's like, who am yeah, I? It, I'm Spider-Man, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's that, it's that, um, the em- embracing of the, of the journey, like, you know, in the, on the hero's journey, cause there's always in a hero's mm-hmm. journey, you always have that moment of, of you can, you can turn back now if you, if you want to, but then the hero just fully accepts the, the journey that's ahead of them. And that was this moment for Takeshi. So that's why it was mm-hmm. my favorite line. Yeah, that's a great one. And now, <laughs> WTH, what the henshin? And uh, for the craziest moment in uh, the episodes that we looked at, and I owe you all an apology, listeners. I-, I got my episodes a little mixed up. If this was an episode of The Film Vault, my uh, my pr- my intrepid producer, Jimmy from NASA, would be yelling at me quite a bit right now. Uh, it was actually in these episodes where we had the infamous necklace sequence that we talked about in the last episode in the scorpion episode it was the red goo turning its victims into more red goo (laughs) but this Mm -hmm. one it was uh, the security it was the the victims getting turned into the necklaces and it happened several times at first it was just to a security guard at the beginning and i texted this to you and i said i couldn't stop laughing and then it happens again to the mantis man and his henchmen when they die. So it's a mantis yeah. man thing, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, I, I think it actually comes back in another, uh, monster, but, um, but yeah, that is, that is a thing that happens in this. It's they, they get spaghettified, um, or they turn into a, beaded, yeah. you know, what it is, it looks like the beaded thing, the beaded chain that you get at the, at the bank that keeps you from stealing the pen. <laughs> You might be right. <laughs> That's what it looks like. I mean, That's what it looks like. There, they just went to the bank and said, hey, can we take that? <laughs> sure. <laughs> what are you going to use it for? I'm about to make a Magnus man dissolve. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> uh and to kind of you know give a little peek behind the curtain we are recording all of these in uh in in bulk right now all these first few episodes so uh we're kind of uh the the episodes are bleeding together and blending together in our minds so we're having trouble keeping everything straight so uh forgive us <laughs> listeners <laughs> yeah it's okay we're figuring it out as we go <laughs> um all right my well what the heck or what the henshin award uh goes to when hongo is disguised as one of the goons but then throws off the mask he's wearing the goons uniform all he does is take the mask off but instantly is transformed back into his regular suit yep it's like was he wearing that underneath the suit? The, 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 uh, probably. That's you know. <laughs> actually one of the advantages that he has now. Is if the goons have switched over to masks and not makeup, now he can actually do stuff like that. He can beat one up, take the mask, and be like, ha-ha, you don't know it's me. <laughs> uh, so now we can move on to our minute to hinge in it, where we take just one minute or less to... Uh, sum up all of our thoughts on these two episodes that we just talked about. So, Nathan, you have one minute to henshin it. Okay, so (laughs) now I'm starting to see, again, the show is settling into itself. Now we've got the 
uh, the word of the day. <laughs> Talking about this now, making sure that you know, shocker is evil. Did you know shocker is evil? Shocker is evil. <laughs> In case you forgot, shocker is evil. <laughs> so we're expanding on the mythology a little bit. We're expanding on the characters a little bit, as we've already talked about. We have Hongo developing. He's embracing the mantle of common writer, and the you know, the effects continue to improve. I just want to say I am mildly annoyed that we had to end this first bulk of episodes on a cliffhanger. It's driving me a wee bit crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm one of those people where if it's a multi-parter, I kind of want to finish the multi-parter in one go if I can, but I will be patient listeners. Yep. Yep, we're going to, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. I promise we will get to it. <laughs> All right. So my turn for a minute to hinge in it. Um, yeah, my final thoughts on this. Uh, I've talked about these are two of the most fun episodes that you're going to get from this first crop of episodes. Uh, they are absolutely just bonkers, ridiculous. This is everything that, that I expect from a... Uh, a henshin hero or a tokusatsu show it's crazy it's weird it's not stuff you will get in any kind of american show uh definitely not the nazi stuff um but but uh, not in a kid's <laughs> yeah, show anyway <laughs> um, but uh but it is it is so much fun it's so entertaining the villains keep getting better and the action keeps getting better and i just i love this show i love common writer so keep watching writer kick Wow, uh, you're getting really good about coming in under time, man. You're going to have to start banking this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that that finishes this episode, this installment of The Henshin Men. And we just want to say thank you for listening to us. We are a tokusatsu appreciation podcast. You can find links to all of our social media in the description of this episode. You can listen to more of me on the Kaiju Weekly podcast and listen to more of Nathan on the Monster Island Film Vault. If you found some enjoyment from this podcast, consider consider giving us a five-star rating on iTunes. It's real easy. You can just do it right in the app. And until next time, what are we going to say, Nathan? Remember, heroes, beauty is only henshin deep. <laughs>